Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I brought back uh, Sharon Smaga of Pop Coach Life. You guys know her. She's been here about you know a few times now. Um, and today, I think, you know, we just have a, a few things to talk about that um, have kind of hit both of us. And, and I think today today will really be a help to you if you're struggling in the midst of dealing with like crisis or conflict or whatever ha- can go wrong, has been going wrong lately. We're going to get into that because I know that I'm not the only one that deals with that. Neither is Sharon. And I think there's something that can be taken away from that. And how do you deal with those things? So uh, before, before we jump into that, I want to touch on today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is uh, Get Freedom CBD. Look, everybody struggles with like, you know, aches and pains. But there are some times when you struggle with a chronic pain. Um, and sometimes there are people that have to take like opiates just so they can function. If you are one of those people and you want to get off of that stuff, you can. I highly recommend uh, CBD products because I've seen them work. If you go to www.getfreedomcbd.com, you'll find that we have a a roll-on. It's a 750 milligram roll-on. It's an isolate, so there's no THC in it. You roll it onto the area that you're hurting. And you give it a few minutes. It has a little menthol cooling agent, so it cools down the area, and it and it and it just relieves the issues that you're dealing with, you know. Or at the very least, it helps you um, uh, lessen it. So, just check that out. Uh, use the code Unresolved Ten to receive uh, a ten percent discount. That's www.getfreedomcbd.com. And now on with the show, Sharon. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Good to talk again. I want to ask you a question. You know, we're living in a time where there is a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of contributing factors to that uncertainty. And then there's also the situation where a lot of people just get are getting hit with constant noise, constant crisis, constant issues going wrong. Now, and and on one hand, that's life. But on, on the other hand, how do you find that you manage that space? I think the the biggest uh, umbrella I would put any of it under, if you will, would be looking to joy and peace that, that are not, these are not things that are dependent on circumstances. So it's easy to get caught up in the circumstances of what's going on in the world right now, what's going on in our country, what's going on in our daily lives. I think we can get in a pattern where we're sort of hopping crisis to crisis. I've seen a lot and, of people do that. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're looking to those things to feel okay or to feel contentment or to feel happy, um, wow. I mean, we can get in trouble pretty quickly because life is what it is. So Mm -hmm. the constant is change and we are in a fallen world. So kind of, I, I joke with myself and say, how'd you think this was going to look smaga, you know? (laughs) So it's 
you know, where do you find your peace and your joy? And, and those come out of the relationship. So I find it very easy to have my eyes on the world versus my eyes on God. And I don't mean to stay unaware of what's happening. I'm not talking about putting my head in the sand like an ostrich. I'm saying to know and accept what is, what will come without trying to control it without stepping into fear and worry and to sort of say, this is what it is. This is temporal, right? This is temporary. My life feels really long to me. Um, It's hard to conceive that God says, you know, it's essentially the blink of an eye. (laughs) It's very, very short. Uh, I, I really can't wrap my head around that very well, but I can accept that truth and say, if this is temporal, if we're aliens in the land, if this is not our home, what are we here to do? What does that work entail? And do I want to get caught up in distractions of the world and constantly, I think we've talked before about, you know, it's funny how constantly surprised we are by sin. That's believers, right? Yeah. So, boy, that's a kind of general answer. I don't know if I'm getting to what you're asking yet. No, I think I think there's a lot of things to touch on here because, like, like I don't know about you. I've seen a lot of people. um, I'm I'm thinking of a person now who, like, their whole life is one big drama, and I like I'm kind of like in that place. Or I'm trying. Oh, I'm trying to be in that place. At least for me, where I I don't like drama. I really don't like. I don't want to. You know, and I think there's a lot of people that just live there. Like there's always something up. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think there's a few factors. One, as you said, we kind of live in a fallen world, so things get screwed up. But I think it it really depends on the person. I mean, maybe they don't know. It's like it's almost like they live in survival mode. And so they don't and that's interesting too, because we're not called to just live in survival mode. That's not what we're called to as believers. Um, and I think you're kind of indirectly touching on something that I feel like I see a lot where we sort of decide, well, it's just gonna suck down here and it'll all make sense when I get to heaven. <laughs> You know, it's funny because there are times, uh, you know, as I'm going through something, one of the things that I find, pray- I find myself praying, Lord, beat me up. There's no intelligent life down here. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I feel that way at times. And then I remember I have to include myself in that thought. And I move on quickly. <laughs> you know, so. it's, it's, it's when you're dealing, whether you're dealing with situations or you're dealing with people, which either one can be a nightmare, you know, but it, it's like, I like I've seen a lot of people and I'm not saying just believers because I think if you're not a believer, then you then obviously, you know, uh, there's the whole sin nature and there's consequence of sin. And, you know, we could, you know, touch on that. But I mean, a lot of people that maybe don't have a relationship with God, I mean, they just live in survival mode. And it's, you know, and, 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 and they're always trying to get out from underneath that, but they don't know how. Maybe I've seen, and the scripture talks about sinners that thrive, that don't know God, and those of us that do know God and are sinners also that struggle, you know, we're kind of hedging around talking a little bit about 
accepting our lot in life. And I think that that's something that if our theology is in the world and of the world, we're going to really resist that or maybe even resent it. Um, I don't know a single, you know, if you will, red-blooded American, if I said, what do you think about accepting your lot in life? I mean, I think you'd get a lot of negative feedback about that in a way, like, because we're very much about pursuing our dreams, um, making better than the previous generation, making a better future for our children. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. No, but I think that when you also hold that in the perspective of, I think it's the, why are we doing it? Right. So accepting our lot if you read, especially in Ecclesiastes, if you study some of that out, it's it's kind of talking about, you know, it's it's good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life. There's that short thing that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. And it doesn't say it's bad to receive wealth. It says it's good to receive wealth from God. And oh, that'll step on some toes right there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I think that's a lot of our struggle as believers is we lose sight of, or we don't even know that, that even wealth comes from God. It belongs to him. Our role is stewardship. And this idea, like we all, I think most people would agree. I want to feel joy and peace and gratefulness, right? There's been a whole gratefulness movement. You could almost argue in the last couple of decades. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and and there's that whole mindfulness movement, and a lot of times that's, you know, you need to find joy in what you're doing, that kind of thing. Um, especially, uh, you know, out outside of theology, in the self help space, I've I've seen that a little bit. You well, know, and, oh, and I will tell you, I would agree with that. However, <laughs> there's, here's my caveat. Um, you know, the world doesn't have everything wrong, but they just don't have a scriptural foundation. Um, like, so there's a lot of things like that where I think, oh, they're so close, but so far away, but so close, you know, one step further, get it rooted in the truth. So this idea of what if we just realize, you know, we can, joy is something that is a choice, right? I can spend a lot of time angry. I can spend time in peace. I can spend a lot of time um, in disappointment or I can spend it in in joy. And a lot of that is about how we choose to see life. I can't control everything I'm going to go through. And that's the value of accepting my lot. As you know, I'm widowed and I didn't choose to lose. I would never have chosen to give up my husband on this earth. Um, I would have much preferred to be the one who graduated to glory first, frankly. I didn't choose to walk that, but I had to make some choices about how I walked it. That's the difference. So when I think about accepting your lot in life, it doesn't mean there's not room for growth, success. um, But I think you've got to sit with the motivation. So if I'm going to pursue wealth for the sake of pursuing wealth, that's probably not going to bring the satisfaction, I think. If I would like the financial freedom to be generous and be responsible for myself in a right way as I age, since apparently I'm not getting younger, those kinds of things, that's a different perspective. If I decide contentment, peace, and joy can only come when life's going my way, um, I'm kind of screwed just to be really blunt about it. So... <laughs> That's not really a thing or an option. 
because I don't get to control all the circumstances. I don't get to control everything that's going to happen or I'm going to experience. So how do I want to deal with those things I will walk through? How do I want to walk through disappointment and grief and loss? Or if somebody harms me, um, we're going to go through things and we don't necessarily have control over all the experiences we'll walk through. But I would argue that we have choice in how we walk through. Does that make sense? I, I hear you. And what I'm hearing is, you know, I mean, it's we're not talking about being happy about things because I think happiness and joy are completely different. And we're not saying that, you know, be glad for every, you know, every, every, um, be glad for the circumstance, be glad versus be glad in it, you know, because like for me, I would say my, one of my biggest, you know, things that I, I struggled with the acceptance and, 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 and my audience knows, cause I've talked about it before is my blindness, you know, like when it first hit and I realized, oh, I'm not going to see you again. Uh, that did not go over well. I did not accept that one for a while. You know, it took me a while to get to that. And, and I don't know about you, but I think God works with us in that space because he knows that it's hard for us. Oh, absolutely. He does. He's God. I mean, that's, that's a promise that we have. And that's not a promise for when we are home with him. It's a promise for the here and now. But again, that goes back to that's your lot in life and you can be angry and become bitter about it, or you can accept and move forward in it. And you are definitely an an example of someone who has chosen to accept and move forward. And by accept, I would also say we're probably talking a little bit about it doesn't become the excuse to not function or participate in your community and your life and your family. And it doesn't become an excuse to not exercise your giftedness. So that's really important. I would say for like the first year, I fell into a very deep depression. You know, and there was a lot of contributing factors to that. You know, and and this is, you know, but it, it but I but God like he helped me climb out of that. That and that was huge. You know what I mean? And and so I think there's a lot of people who are listening to this and they're going, okay, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm sitting here as we're chatting and I'm looking at different definitions of happiness. And it's really interesting because I'm seeing in one where it's described as a feeling. um, And even it's so it, you know, joy is a synonym, but I think if we're talking about scriptural differences um, and this is a really interesting definition I found any state of being having considerable permanence in which pleasure decidedly predominates over pain. And now I that's some, interesting. Yeah, I see some immediate problems with that, right? Because it has to have considerable permanence. Um, we have to have pleasure predominating over pain, which I think would be lovely, but I don't see that happening here in the world. <laughs> no, and, 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 and let's face it. Um, like a lot of uh, today's marketing uh, focuses on that pleasure over pain or, you know, running to pleasure, running away from pain. Um, okay. And so you've got that um, scenario. And, but, but, but the problem is, at least in my mind, where does God say find pleasure in, in, in like we're supposed to find it in him at least, right? 
Well, in him and in his provision. So it's not, we're not excluded from that here on earth. But I think when we begin to pursue the absence of pain, that's where we really get in trouble. I think that drives even a lot of addiction and some other issues. Now, this is interesting. Here's another one that talks about happiness as the experience of joy, contentment, or positive well-being combined with a sense that one's life is good, meaningful, and worthwhile. And that's that's a little closer to maybe the biblical idea, but I think what it doesn't have is the context of the kind of situation we're in in the world and even the brevity of life, right? We think uh, we talk about aging and life in terms of longevity. Um, scripture talks about it in brevity. Well, what does it say? A thousand years is a day. A day is like a thousand years, right? Your, our life is a breath of vapor, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, we're. it's almost like um, I was reading a book a while back by uh, L.A. Marzulli, which, by the way, you really should read him. He's good. Uh, and he was talking about how um, in the context of spiritual warfare, how the, how the enemy operates. Uh, he was talking about, you know, we're walking in like a, 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 a cornfield. And we're only seeing a little bit ahead of us, but, but, you know, the warfare that's taking place above us takes a place above the cornfield and they see the whole field. And that's insane. Yeah. And I will find that book and I'll send you a, uh, in fact, I will link it uh, in the show notes. I read it and I thought it was really good. Uh, he also touches on a little bit of history. Um, Ellie's just a good writer. I really respect his stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But I feel like that's parenting too, right? Like, you know, our kids, especially when they're younger, they only see that thing they want. And we're kind of as parents to guide them. We're tasked with, well, no, here's the big picture. So here's why, although they taste really good, you can't have 10 lollipops in an hour <laughs> because there's consequences. And so, um, and when you think about, that battle, you know, the spiritual battle who sees the big picture and it's not us as a general rule. I think we get glimpses of it. Um, and we definitely have instruction for it, regardless of what we can see. We have instruction, how to walk this life in scripture. Um, and I think part of joy and peace and contentment, um, come back to that really, for me, it's a fundamental pillar of just what what am I trusting God for? Because it's one thing I say, I trust God. It's another thing to bump into the next pocket of, oh, I guess I don't in this. I, and believe um, me, I've run into that or or sometimes something happens and you're, you've been working and striving and trying to get to something uh, because you, and you have a reason for doing that. And then something happens, and you're like, God, could we just please have one thing go right down here, please? Yeah. So that's the edge of the cornfield though, right? <laughs> because everything you're bumping into that you experience as a barrier in a situation may be for the bigger picture he sees and you don't. And sometimes delays protect us. Sometimes it's the growth that we won't have without hitting those barriers. Sometimes it's about somebody else, whether we know it or not in that moment. So that's us at the edge of the cornfield perhaps. And then, but then again, I think there's also the times, cause like I've been praying, there's a situation that we're involved in. Uh, it's been kind of ongoing and I've been praying and 
the, the passage that God keeps bringing back to my mind is that one in Daniel where the angel shows up and goes and goes, hey, hey yo, Daniel, uh, I heard God heard your prayers when you first started praying, but I had a little bit of delay and uh, I had a demon trying to mess me up and I had to get some help getting it past him. You know, and so I, I think that also plays into it, too. Still the edge of the cornfield then, right? Indeed. Indeed. Because that's that spiritual battle you were referencing in that book that we don't see. We're just at the edge. We don't see all of that's going on. You know, the war of the principalities. And I think that's when I think in that direction, I start to get the sense of the brevity of my life um, and and there and the importance of trusting God um, and relying on him and being open to where he is leading versus where I think I want to go because it's going to make me quote unquote happy, right? If I just can have this patient or have this much money or, um, you know, find my perfect next husband or whatever I think that is I'm chasing, I don't want to chase anymore. Maybe that's, you know, too. I think I sit with that as, uh, and a little bit, you know, in my fifties kind of going, I'm tired. I don't want to chase when God is saying, rest in me and trust. I have a job for you, but I also have your needs taken care of. Trust that. I had a, I, I, I was having a conversation with a very dear friend last night and, um, she was telling me some stuff that happened to her very um, rough stuff uh, that she went through. And I didn't know she went through and she confided in me. And when you sit with that and a friend tells you that they went through this, how do you then take this joy concept and finding joy in every circumstance and communicate that when you're dealing with stuff that is so like that meant that, that 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 may have happened to this person and you're going god i don't have an answer for that what do i say in that moment well i think it's more about listening than what you say and you don't have the answers for that neither do i um i think to give the the real answers would sound the things we're talking about in that moment would sound trite and possibly disrespectful i think that's more about compassion and connection and empathy. I know this about the things that I've been through, uh, even some of the abuse I've been through. I can definitively look back on any part of my life, negative or, po- negative or positive, uh, and see God's hand in it and see evidence of him, even if I didn't know it at the time, in a way that I know it now, that he was there in it with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard, I've had I've seen situations uh, where people they're like, you know what I got, and and this is an honest uh, situation where someone you know was like, I got raped, and because I got raped, I got a tra- uh, sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. What do you what do you say to that? I mean, that that to me is like one of those gut wrenching. You say I am sorry. I am sorry you walked through that. Y- you can't answer it for them. I, I am going to say that. Because with my background and training, you're, you know, we're hedging into my bailiwick there more. Um, We can't answer for that. We didn't do it to the person. We don't have an answer. And I think what you're saying in a way is when you say, how do I answer that? You're saying, how do I fix it? You can't. And I think that's what we inherently know about walking in this world right now is we can't fix sin. We are not the solution to sin. 
God is, right? So what would you say to that person? You can't fix it. You can't go back in time and make that rape not happen. You right? You can't go back in time and make my husband <laughs> join me back here. There, there's so many things. Nobody can go back and change that past. So I think our urge is we want to fix it because we're uncomfortable. And I would argue, even though it's not really topically where we started on today, it's really important to understand is you can't, there's no answer that's going to fix their pain. What we can do is be in fellowship with them in their pain. So we can sit with our own discomfort and understand that that's part of compassion and love. And it's a good thing that it makes us that uncomfortable if you think about it. On it, right? it, it. Like, I know when I hear something like that, it makes me angry and I want to find the person that did it to them. And, you know, I mean, that's where, that, you know, my, my, my heart and my mind go, heaven help me. That's just, you know, I would say that's a sense of God given, you know, justice. But who does justice belong to? Who does vengeance belong to? God, right? Not us. Yeah. And, and here's, here's what's so subtle about that, Teresa. Oh my goodness. In the moment that you are distracted by a justice and a vengeance that are not yours to take, you're actually in that moment, it breaks the fellowship with that person in that moment, which is really what the need is because we need each other to get through this battle, right? We can't alter the battle. This is reality. So getting lost, caught up in circumstances, even in the past that nobody's got control over does not actually create fellowship. I would argue that it breaks it. And if that can be broken, then what? What are the implications, right? We can be more easily overtaken in wrong ways. You know, and then, and then you, you bring this back to scripture and Paul says to be joyful in, you know, or what is it? Uh, be at peace in all things. And you're going... Okay, all things that would include even this one. Well, huh, uh, isn't that a kick in the kick in the head? You know, I, I mean, you know, you know, you just, you just, it just because I know there's people that are going. I get what you're saying here, but I don't know how to get there. Well, I don't think you can get yourself there. I think that's part of the missing. You know, that's part of the equation. We let me. I'm pulling something up real quick. So forgive me for pausing, but I think this is important. Um, we can't generate that on our own. Um, I believe Paul talks about when possible, be at peace with all men. And that's a little different. And, and he still says when possible. So he's acknowledging it's not always possible. But if I pull up Philippians 4, 7, it says, as you live in Christ Jesus and are touched by his peace, you will experience it much more deeply and powerfully. Another way it said uh, in a different translation is God does not limit his peace, but surpasses anything else. So you can live in the peace of God. He doesn't say you'll be at peace at all times. And whose peace is it? God. And I think what happens is we're so busy chasing this idea of, oh, peace. That's a great idea. I want to live in peace. And uh, even the world talks about, I want world peace, right? Uh, all those things. That's what scripture's talking about. God does not limit his peace, but surpasses anything else. So the joy in this, and even in all circumstances is understanding his peace surpasses any circumstance you're in. So you can live in the peace of God. 
you can experience it much more deeply and powerfully. So I think there's so much of this. Um, I think we have uh, the theology of culture we grow up in, right? And I think our theology of culture for a lot of us in uh, in Western culture is we're going to do it. My bootstraps, my ranch, my property, my, and I'm not against that. I, okay. But understanding none of it's actually ours. It's God's. It's his to give, his to take away. He can meet our needs. He can give peace in any circumstance because it's his peace. It's not ours. We can't generate it and create it. You know, and I'm also reminded, you know, when Paul wrote that in context, he was writing that in a society that was really jacked up. You know, they lived in a, in a time where uh, penalty for breaking, you know, the, the, the law was very harsh, uh, except for like citizens. Um you know, it's, you know, there, there was just a lot of things that, w- that went into that, into that context. And so it's not like Paul didn't know uh, that things could get rough. Yeah. How much of it was written from prison? <laughs> what, almost all of his letters, if I remember. So here's some things scripture says about peace. And these are all different references. But from Old and New Testament, so here's just a, a little sampling, if you will. Um, John 16, um, I have told you these things that you might find peace with me. And who is me? Jesus. Okay. I will go down to the ground and rest, Lord. I will be safe under your wings. It is known to me that you need a song of life. Now, that's interesting. Uh-huh. So, and that's just a little tiny taste. As I, I like to say a lot, get in your owner's manual. Um, if you're listening to this and you have real questions about this and hurt and anger that you, that you don't know what to do with, get in the owner's manual. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and I would add to that, like, we're not saying don't like, I mean, because especially depending on what you're dealing with, I mean, you're going to feel that stuff, you know, and God and God, he's got big shoulders, right? Like he can handle that. He can handle all of it. And remember this, um, I think it's easy to think that peace is something we're only missing when things are a struggle. But I know a lot of people who would have what might many would consider the ideal life and they have no peace, you know? So if you think money is the answer to peace, you know, the more money you have, the more responsibility you have, the more burdens you have, the more likely you have people that want to use you because of that money. It's a form of, right? It's a resource they want. So there's not a perfect situation in a fallen world that's going to give peace. The world can't give it to you. Not in the worst times, the best times, or any time in between. The world doesn't have it to give. There is only one place you can really get that and be rooted in it. And that is in God. It's just that simple. And you honestly have to have the peace. uh, You have to have peace with God before you can have the peace of God. You know, you have to like, you know, and I, and I talk about this, you know, because I'm pretty, I'm, uh, you know, this podcast, I try, I try in, in uh, as many episodes as I can to offer an evangelistic message. If someone's hearing this and they don't know Christ, then what we're talking about is foreign to them, you know? And so um, I, I, I would submit that like, you've got to have the peace with God uh, 
because once you establish that, then you can get the peace of God. Yeah, you've got to have a relationship with him. Otherwise, you don't know him and you, you know, um, so, I mean, you can't have a relationship with somebody you don't know. It's it, it's kind of interesting, like we get this in terms of human relationships, but when we start talking about God, we suddenly act like we don't know the rules of relationship, if you will. Um, I have a relationship with you because I've spent time with you over time and intentional time and having conversations like this, right? So that gives us deeper knowing of one another in relationship. And we, and it had and to we start feed off each other. You. Yeah, I literally had to meet you first, right? Like in some form, I had to meet Teresa Blaze. Okay. And I couldn't have done that if I had said, oh, I don't know if Teresa Blaze exists. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know what? Yeah. But we do that with God a lot. I don't know if he's real. How do I know God's real? Well, I don't know. Maybe try having a relationship with him and see what happens. Um and I spent many years, I, I'm not putting anybody down because I spent many years, years ago, trying to be an agnostic and I really stunk at it. <laughs> well, terrible yeah, at I, it. yeah, I get that. I totally get that. I remember. Yeah. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, as I'm trying to be an agnostic, it's like I was trying to be a really bad atheist. Like I wanted the, you know, I wanted the. Well, I don't know if it's God, but there's something out there, which kind of makes me laugh a little bit to think that's actually a bigger stretch than just saying, you know what? I want, I want to know God. I want to know him in my life and, and being willing to meet him because he will always want to meet any of you. Just like he always wanted my heart, even when I was trying to kind of, you know, do a, a, what do they call it when you do a, a skip trace or whatever, when you jump your bail? <laughs> so, you know, I had accepted Christ at a very young age and um, it was kind of like, you know, he bailed me out of my mess, but then I jumped bail on him for a while. Ooh, wow. You know what? I can so relate to that. Like, um, you know, cause I came to Christ as a teenager and then I walked away uh, for a while for like five years. Um, and that, and I'll tell, I'll tell you what, um, it wasn't a question of does God exist at that point when, when, when I walked away, it was more, look, I've about ha had enough. Okay. I'm done with you. Yeah. I would say for me, it was coming out of hurt, not really knowing him, knowing him, like acknowledging him, but not really, I hadn't been mentored. I I just, and I became very rebellious. I was the prodigal son. Um, and I, you know, it's a beautiful story because I can tell you from experience, God never gave up. He actively pursued me. And as soon as I turned around, he came running to meet me. Amen. So, Amen. yeah. Uh, yeah, I can relate to that. Absolutely. I tried to divorce God and he just wouldn't, you know, agree to the divorce, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and that that's that's the beautiful thing. Um, and so kind of as we look to wind down, I think we've covered a lot here. And I know that there are a lot of people that are listening to this and they are going through some stuff. For my part, I would say if you don't know him, it's as simple as ABC. Admit you're a sinner. Believe that God is who he says he is. Right. Christ came down in the flesh, lived the life we couldn't live, died the death that we deserved. 
and rose on the third day and it's coming back in bodily form, right? And then confess it, which means just tell someone, hey, I've decided to come to Christ. If you're struggling with the hurt and the anger and you've gone through something, I get it. And I know Sharon does too. You can, uh, Sharon, if they want to contact you, how can they do so? Easiest way is to go to popcoach.life, go straight to my website and reach out. There's free content. Um, there's ways that you can email um, and start up a conversation with me. I I really just want to be accessible to people because we're all struggling. I always say we're going to struggle. The difference between how you might feel right now, if you're listening to this and somebody that you feel like just kind of has their crap together or the way you perceive it is maybe simply that they've learned to struggle well. So mm-hmm. I think we can walk through almost anything in this life as long as we know we don't have to walk it alone. So I am very much about that connection and staying in connection with one another in that fellowship. We should not be doing this alone. We're designed to do it together. Um, so that's it's very easy to, to get hold of me if, if that's something you're interested in. If you're sitting just wondering... I I do think it's so easy to get caught up in our pain and I'm not saying we should shut it down. We need to acknowledge it, but it can very be so easy to get caught up in it, overwhelmed by it, let it dictate who we are. And if you don't know Christ and it cannot encourage you enough, you don't have anything to lose. Sometimes we're so focused on what we have to lose. We don't consider what we have to gain, cry out to him. He's got this. And if you know him already and just really cannot understand or feel so overwhelmed by why do we have to walk in this, um, I would say the same thing. Cry out to him. Cry out. He's he's not going to not respond to you. Um, he's not going to let you control him. He's not a God you can tuck in your pocket like a chess piece. But consider that he would not be a God worthy of worship if you could control him. There would really be no point but he cares about you. He loves you. Um, We are not designed to walk this alone. Know that as well. I think a lot of people in crisis tend to cut themselves off and isolate. And so I cannot encourage you enough to reach out. If you've stopped going to church during the quarantine, go back, go back and worship with other like-minded people in your family. Don't neglect the body. Don't neglect the family. We need each other. We cannot do this alone. One of the first things that in the darkest times after my husband died that I really feel like God just prompted me to do was to begin to build a social structure, a community structure. And the community reached out to us in a big way, but I needed to build intimate relationships with people again that helped me become healthy again. So If you hear nothing else about this podcast today and you're listening, you are not alone. If you are, whether you want to own it or not, it is partially by your choice. And yes, people are imperfect and will hurt you just like you are imperfect and will hurt them. That cannot be the criterion for community. We're not perfect. We're going to hurt. We're going to disappoint. We're going to miss it sometimes. And that's called where we need the grace. That's room for grace. And we call it grace because we know we're going to mess up. So find your imperfect community and get in your owner's manual. If you're already a believer, we've all got one. We've probably read more of our car owner's manual than our scripture some days, right? Get in your owner's manual and connect with the body. Connect. 
Amen. Well, first, uh, thank you, Sharon. I, I think that's um, that definitely something that we can uh, uh, let people kind of linger on. Um, thank you for coming on the show and talking about this. I think it, it, it was something that was needed. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Guys, uh, if you want to reach out to me, you got a question, you want to talk, whatever. Um, Teresa at unresolved.life. I'm accessible. You can find me on the socials. Uh, I'm at, at Twitter at Teresa Blaze on Instagram at Teresa Blaze. Um, you can find me on Getter as well. G-E-T-T-R at Teresa Blaze. Those are the three that I'm, that I'm mostly uh, using. So if you're there, feel free to reach out. I'm Teresa Blaze. This is the Unresolved Life Podcast. We will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.